Welcome to Low-Key Convos with the JTI Peer Leadership Fellows. Hi, I'm Sophia. And I'm Lucy. Join us as we talk about topics that matter, current events, and ways that you can connect with our community. Jewish Teen Initiative at CJP connects, inspires, and empowers Jewish teens throughout greater Boston and beyond. Learn how you can get connected and subscribe on jewishbostonteens.com. We'll keep it low-key. Let's schmooze. everyone. Welcome to Loki Convos with the JTI Peer Leadership Fellows. I'm Sophia. And I'm Lucy. Today we'll be discussing all things Israel. As we record this podcast, I'm currently studying abroad in Israel on a program called Alexander Mus High School in Israel. This is my first time here and I'm so excited to share my experiences with you all. So today we have a fun podcast planned for all of you. So because this is a very special experience, for Lucy, once in a lifetime, we're going to be having a once in a lifetime episode. We're having a Q&A where we're going to ask each other questions about our experiences in Israel. Starting off, I think we should talk about the most exciting aspect of traveling to any new country, and that is the food. So the first question that I have for you, Sophia, is what is one Israeli food that you tried in Israel and you loved? That's such a hard question because all Israeli food is so authentic and so good. I think my favorite would be a classic pita and falafel because I like how they put the french fries inside because it's really good and it's really interesting how they do that. And another favorite thing was when we stayed at hotels, like for breakfast, they always had an omelet bar. And the omelets were so good and the eggs were so fresh and put anything on them and like the baked goods and the coffee. I didn't drink coffee at the time because I was really young or like 10 years old, but I still remember like all the baked goods were so good. What is your falafel order? I think I used to just get everything on it. Yeah, just like everything. I like the combination of like the hummus and the vegetables, the fresh vegetables and like the pita. And I just like everything's how it's eaten there. You just can't find that here unless you look for a really authentic Mediterranean restaurant, which is hard to find a really good authentic place. Like there's places around here that are good, but nothing compares to like real authentic Israeli falafel and pita. Mm-hmm. How about you? I also tried falafel for the first time um, about a month ago on Ben Yehuda Street when it was really, really good. It was super fresh and It was just a really nice experience and definitely a 10 out of 10 on my first falafel. I also am a huge hummus fan. So the hummus here is really good and tastes a lot different from that of America. So I don't know how I'm going to get back to America and eat the processed hummus. So there's something I want to add. So if you've been a follower of ours, you know that Lucy's quite a picky eater. But now that she's been in Israel, that's totally changed. So Lucy now has a new palette. She's expanded her foods that she likes. I never knew Lucy. I like. I never thought that Lucy would like hummus and pita and falafel. But you never know. So the lesson is you never know until you try. So try it all, folks. Yes, definitely. I totally agree. And this just taught me how much better fresh food is than processed food. Smell the fresh food too. Even if you walk through the shooks and you see 
all the things that they're selling, like it looks fresh and it smells fresh. Like sometimes food here will have a smell, but it's not a fresh smell. So the fresh smell is really, really authentic. Going off of that last question, what's your favorite Israeli snack? I really like Beasley, which they sell here too. I also like this, like, I don't know how it's called. I forget, but it's this chocolate spread. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, the chocolate spread. During our Bidud period, they would give us chocolate spread and challah for basically like every meal. So the amount of chocolate spread that I ate, my roommate, she keeps it always in our cabinet and we always have it. When we go into like trip days, they always have chocolate spread for our lunch. So I've had my fair share of chocolate spread on this trip. It's so good. With challah, it's definitely my favorite. I love that. Okay, so now that we know my favorite snack is, just say yours. My favorite snack are by far the spicy and sour green Doritos. Everyone on this program basically are obsessed with these Doritos. My roommates and I love them. We have so many always. Yesterday, we went to the grocery store and I bought a giant bag to like eat while I was walking around town. And then we like keep so many of them in our cabinet so that we're always stocked up. I'm literally planning on filling my luggage with them to head home. And then another snack which is actually a drink, is aloe water. It's incredible. And it sounds uh-huh. so odd. Like, it looks so odd. And the first time that I was exposed to it, I was really confused because it's like clear water and then there's chunks, like cubes of aloe mm-hmm. in the water, which sounds like really odd if you're just looking at it and it like kind of looks like there's just this weird thing floating around in the water, but it's so good. And my favorite flavor is the peach flavor, but they have like grape and green apple and I think maybe lemon. And you can buy it in these really big containers. So we'll like keep it also so we can always have it here. Green Doritos and aloe water. Those are my two favorites. I love aloe. I drink this aloe water like a few times a week. And it's supposed to be like really like good for you and cleansing. But I wouldn't drink it as a snack. But it's definitely not as good as yours. It's more like just straight up like aloe. But no, this one's sweet. It, it kind of reminds me. Have you ever had vitamin water? Yeah. It's kind of like that because it's like flavored water, but then there's like clear chunks in it. And the chunks are really good too. Okay, so we're going to do a taste test of the Doritos and the aloe water. And next episode, we're going to let you all know. Mm -hmm. Enough with the food. I'm starting to get hungry. We should go to a different topic. Let's talk about the beautiful, beautiful land Israel has. The beautiful architecture, the beautiful sites, the beautiful buildings, the beautiful everything, the beautiful holy land. Lucy, so. What's your favorite tourist destination in our Holy Land? There's a lot of locations that are known to be tourist destinations. My favorite tourist destination is by far the Dead Sea. It's like if you're a tourist, you head to the Dead Sea. That's just a known fact. And when we went, it was just beautiful weather and the sky was clear. Like that's one thing about Israel is I barely ever see clouds. It's always a clear sky Mm -hmm. because obviously it barely rains. We're in the desert. So it's it's really unique because where we're from in the East Coast, there's always clouds in the sky and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful, but in its own way, it's beautiful. So at the Dead Sea, I remember it being so clear and you can see the m- mountains on one side and then you see the water and it's just like such beautiful, clear water. And genuinely floating in the Dead Sea was such a fun experience that like, even though it is such a touristy thing to do, it is not overhyped. And I think it's just like a really, really good time. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think the Dead Sea was by far one of the coolest places because it's so unusual because here we swim a lot in the ocean, but this is an ocean that you can float in and 
my favorite thing personally about all the places in Israel is how much history it all has. Mm -hmm. And everywhere you walk, you feel, I feel so connected to God. And I remember even being so young and feeling like every place has so much meaning to it. Like even the Masada, we didn't hike up a, up it because I was a lazy eight-year-old but we took that trolley or mm-hmm. the what's it, what's that thing called that brings you up it's like you sit in this like little like box and it brings you up anyway it, it brings you up so you don't have to walk and I think that was just so beautiful we saw goats there we saw goats walking around when we were driving up we had this tour guide and he was great so basically every location is beautiful and has so much history and if you can go visit Israel go learn about it it's beautiful for us our hike up Asada was at like 4 30 a.m I think might have been before that and it was just like a beautiful hike like looking out into the mountains and being surrounded by so many people who you feel so close with it's a really beautiful feeling but the hike was so much shorter than I was expecting everyone Everyone made the hike seem like it was going to be this huge challenge, but like, I think we might've taken an easy path because it took us 15 minutes to get to the top when we hiked up. And then the way down, we took the snake path, which is like a gorgeous hike. The view is insane. And it's just so pretty. I remember we were playing music and we were all walking and it was really, it was just a really good time. It was really hot though, um, as it is in Israel, but on top of Masada, learning about the history was incredible because I'm also, I take Latin, so that's like my language at school. So we learn a little bit about like Roman architecture and kind of the history. So seeing that on top of Masada, like standing in the bathhouses for me was a really cool experience because I spent a lot of time in school, like not in a religious, like Jewish way, but in like an educational Latin way I felt really connected to. So Masada was a really cool experience for me in that way. And then on top of that, the sunrise on Masada is unlike anything I've seen because you see the sun physically rising. Like at first we got to the top and I'm like, oh shoot, we must, we must have missed the sunrise. Like it's kind of bright up here, but there's like no sun. So like we missed the sunrise, but no, like the sun, like you can literally see it coming up and it's like this Mm -hmm. giant bright orange like glow. And like, it's so cool. We did a little service on top of Masada and it was just mm-hmm. so beautiful. And of course, everyone took pictures. And that's like another destination that like, of course, like it's so touristy. Everyone's going to go to Masada when they go to Israel. But it's not overhyped because there's so much like rich history behind it. And it's just such yeah. a pretty destination. And that's what I think is so kind of going back to your overhyped statement. There's a lot of places in Israel that are talked about. But what's so cool is when you walk there, you realize how many other people walk there, how much history it has how thousands of years ago people walked there and how this land is so special and cherished by so many different religions and nations and different people and it's really unlike no other tourist destination there's beautiful places in the world beautiful breathtaking places but this place just has so much history israel seems like a huge country but it's not it's the size of new jersey which is a state so like compared to a lot of other countries it's really, really small, but there's so much in that small space where it is so cool. Does that make sense? So yeah, that made a lot of sense. And I completely agree with that statement. A lot is also so beautiful. A lot in Tel Aviv are so fun. Like I remember my sister, we visited my sister because she went abroad. And so she'd always go out like with her friends to Tel Aviv at night. 
and I didn't go because I was little and whatever, like eight-year-olds don't really go to Tel Aviv that night, you know what I mean? But I'm looking forward to going when I'm older and experiencing like the nightlife there and all that. And a lot was just so beautiful too. Lucy and I might go to Israel in December. So if we do, that's going to be so much fun. I'm very much looking forward to that. And even though I'm here right now, I want to come back as much as I can. And I will talk about this a little bit more later, but I fully feel so connected and the best version of myself on here. Continuing this discussion about the, like the land of Israel and what's going on, like continuing this discussion about the land of Israel and like other aspects and other physical aspects of Israel, what's one destination that you did not go to but wish you did? It's kind of a tough question for me because I was younger, so I don't really remember. I think everywhere that we went, I would have wanted to go, but like I was eight or nine years old, so I don't really know. But I think when I I go back in the next year, I'm going to see things from a different perspective, but also bring back the memories I had when I was younger there. So that's going to be interesting. But how about you? That's more of a question I think you can answer. For me, I'm really upset that we're not making it to a lot because since it is really south and it's much further to drive to a lot than it is to other places, we just Mm -hmm. couldn't fit it in. The program was shortened due to COVID and just everything going on that like a lot, the trip to a lot was just not able to happen this semester, which is okay because we were getting to do so many other cool things. But I'm definitely upset because I think like snorkeling in the Red Sea would have been a really incredible experience. And it just sounded like a fun place to be. One thing I did hear about a lot is like, yes, it's very cool, but it also gives you like a feeling of you can do similar things in like other countries, which like, I think like, I think might be true, but I also haven't been, so I can't speak on that. Someone like, maybe my Madraha was just saying this because I because we were upset that we can't go to a lot, but she was saying mm-hmm. how like, there's just not as much history in a lot and like you can scuba, I mean, you can snorkel or scuba dive in another part, like another country. So I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's very similar to maybe when the Caribbean islands or um, like Miami, like snorkeling in beach wise, but there's parts of Israel that you can't compare to any other country because it's very specific to Israel. And I think all those main points you saw and hey, we can always come back to Israel. Yeah. Lucy and I are going to go to a lot. We'll let you guys yeah. know. More, more excuses to come to Israel. Let me tell you. So this is probably going to be hard to answer. But what do you think is the prettiest place you've been or most meaningful place? Maybe those two tied together. Okay. I have two answers. My mm-hmm. first answer was – my first answer is Haifa. That was mm-hmm. – it was just a gorgeous view of the Mediterranean. We were staying in the Dan Panorama Hotel, which is pretty high up in Haifa. So you can see a lot of like the city and the water. And so we started off that trip swimming in the Mediterranean. Then we drove up to the hotel. So then getting to my my hotel room with the view and being able to like look in the water that I just swam in and like looking at all the different buildings, it was incredible because it was also my first experience after Bidud, after quarantine. So it was a really pretty view. And also we went to the Baha'i Gardens. They were closed because it was a Saturday, but we were able to look into them from this really pretty viewpoint. And it was just so beautiful. And then my second answer is a little bit different and probably maybe a little unique. A really pretty place and a really a really pretty place that we went was the city of David in Jerusalem. Walking around, 
it was super, super pretty. The people in the city of David are some of the people, like some of the best people I talked to in Israel. There was a lot of other high schoolers, like Israeli high schoolers going on field mm-hmm. trips while we were there. And I had so many meaningful conversations with Israeli teens about their experience. They were so interested in asking us where we were from and what we were doing there and how we were liking Israel, if we were joining the IDF, if we were going to college in Israel, like all of these questions mm-hmm. just like about us. And I had just like really good conversation. I think the people that specific being in city of David, I, I've been twice now and both times I realized that when you're there, I think the people just feel so connected to one another. You're like so close to the hotel and like, it's just a really, really nice feeling. And also just the view when you're like in the city of David and looking out at all the different buildings is so pretty. There's one spot that we went to and there's these really nice pink flowers and then there's the view. So you have the pink flowers contrasting with like all of these buildings. And that was just an insane lookout point. I've also been to that lookout point a couple of times now and I could just stare at that for hours. Yeah. I think for me, the most meaningful place that I can remember was Meshireen, which is, you know, like the street with the really Orthodox people. And those people are more observant Jews than I am, a lot more observant. But I still felt re- I still felt really connected to them as Jews. Like I felt like even though we celebrated things differently and had a different way of life, we were still so connected by the basic fact that we were Jewish. So I felt very safe and very watched over if that makes sense and all of Israel honestly I think I just felt very watched over like very protected very safe very like God was watching over you the whole time that makes a lot of sense and I think that's a pretty universal feeling in Israel so Lucy I have a, a more serious question that is often controversial nowadays but with the whole crisis going on in Israel, how have you perceived it that's different from the media? Because on the media and on the news, we're seeing one thing. Do you think that what we're seeing on the news and on the media is what is happening to you? Sometimes it's a bit delayed because what gets onto us on the news is what actually happened a few days ago, you know, unless we hear it from our Israeli friends. But what's your whole take on what's actually happening versus what's being said on the media? Well, for one, it's an extremely different perspective to be living through it than to be seeing it from the media. So I know my Mm -hmm. parents and my family and friends were a lot more worried for me than I was for myself. I've never Mm -hmm. once felt unsafe. I think Alexander Musk has done a really good job at keeping us all super safe and feeling really protected on campus. And now that things have really, really calmed down and we're not really in in the middle of like active bombings, I can like look Mm -hmm. back on my feeling and realize like, okay, like everything was okay. And during the time I knew everything was okay. Basically, immediately after ceasefire, we were going into town again. And like, things were pretty much picking up pace back to normal. I think my perspective has changed a lot on everything, just from experiencing this and being here. And also, also in conjunction, I've been taking an Israel studies class. So although that's one perspective of the conflict it's developed my perspective it's developed my understanding because we do a lot of work looking at different sides and understanding like history from multi-layers so there's that and then also I can't see the American media I'm not really watching American news and I don't really plan on it just because 
from what I can tell, they're not doing a great job covering everything from Israel because half of the things I see on social media are things that I generally do not agree with. And I really am trying to avoid social media for that reason, because I, I don't want my, I don't want other people to have an influence on my time here. Other people's thoughts and negative opinions to have an influence on my time here because where I'm at now, I know I'm not nearly as educated as one should be about the conflict, but is anyone? No, no one is, no one is at that point where they can say that they're hundred percent confident in their opinion because it's such a com- complicated issue and there's always change and yes exactly it always changing but like I feel pretty confident in the way that I'm getting educated and I don't plan on Mm -hmm. getting my education from the American media I was just gonna say I'll also add that I think the conflict is really polarizing in the United States and which is really hard for me to see because I'm I'm in this country that is so controversial right now and Mm -hmm. to me it's just like been the best experience of my life but other people might see oh, Lucy New is in Israel right now, like, that's, like, that's bad. Or I don't know how to phrase it because I'm not having yeah. it. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's, yeah. Like, it's, a lot of my, our school friends will come up to me and be like, is Lucy okay? Like, what happened? And I'm like, yes, there's a conflict going on in Israel, but Israel, and especially the high school Lucy's learning at, knows how to handle it very well. And almost every home in Israel has a bomb shelter, and they're equipped for this. So yes, this is scary, it's different, but Lucy feels very safe. And most importantly, I know that she's having the best time of her life in Israel. So some people from America see it as a totally different way, because the news can be the news can be altered and that's one of the hardest things about seeing all the news and social media is that there's just so much of it and so much hate and negativity that's come out of this and I think the worst thing that's come out of this crisis is the huge rise in anti-semitism which is very heartbreaking to see especially in New York and just like all over the country and the world I think that's definitely no matter where you stand on this issue anti-semitism is wrong and we should live in a world that's peaceful and we can learn to accept one another. It's really heartbreaking to see and it's really hard to watch from this outside perspective in a way too. And it's really unique. One of my teachers talked about this. So I'm going to try to put it into the right words. Hopefully I do this justice. But basically, now it's time for Israel to support the international Jewish community rather than the international Jewish community supporting Israel. So that's a very flip-flop of the situation because primarily the conflict has had its direct impact in Israel. And although it is obviously still affecting Israel, now it's affecting the international communities. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard because I don't know what to expect when I return home. I don't know what people will say about me being in Israel, who's going to want to speak their mind or who's going to support me. And that's just going to be something that I'm going to have to find out. I'm just going to have to find out when I get home. Yeah. And something I want to add onto a more positive note is there's been so much hatred, so much negativity in the past month, but there's also, I've had a lot of hope because there's been marches for, to stand up against anti-Semitism, marches for Israel, marches, and like the Zooms I've been attending where a ton of teens have come, which gives me hope because there's people who A, care about these issues and B, want to do something. So I think you can see the positive and more hopeful side in that everything there is 
a positive light that we can look at it in instead of just kind of being stuck on the negative and all the bad that's happening and just come together and unite as one people and just put your differences aside and learn to support one another and just accept one another. You know, I think the biggest thing is you don't have to be best friends with your enemy, but you have to accept your enemy and learn to live in a, learn to live together. Beautifully said, super, super nicely said. Also a side note, if you want to check out Lucy wrote an amazing blog post about her experience during the conflict. So if you go to jewishbostonteens.com, you can read about it there. Lucy wrote beautifully. It's a quick read. I was I read it. It's beautiful. Please go check it out. Um, it's awesome. Thank you. That is so sweet. I'm really happy that I got to share my thoughts with the world. And writing a blog post is just a really nice and concise way to do so. I think we should end this podcast with one more really nice question about Israel. And that is, when you went to Israel, is that how you expected Israel to be? Is that what you imagined it to look like, to feel like? For me, yes. Because in Hebrew school, we would learn so much about this land and how passionate people were about it and how much people loved it. And then when I showed up there, that's exactly what I felt. I felt so connected. And I've mentioned this before, but as an eight-year-old, I felt so connected and loved the land so much, which is so weird because you're eight. You have no idea what's going on in the world. You're so, you're eight years old. You know, we've all been there. But yes, exactly what I've wanted it, what I expected it to be like. And I'm so excited to go a million more times in my life and explore it and explore it from different eyes because you can go to the same place multiple times and see it through different eyes like you know how they say you can read a book a million times and every time you can learn a different message see it from a new perspective just like visiting israel so many beautiful layers you can go there a million times i will go there a million times i imagined israel to be similar to what it is but it's like a thousand times greater than i expected and I didn't, wow. I didn't have low expectations. I had extremely right. high expectations. So for me yeah. to say that it's a thousand times better is like a very, like the highest bar of compliment. Like this is like right. up there, you know, I just feel like the people, I feel so connected to the people. I'm really loving the food, the weather, like I'm, I'm already tan and school hasn't even ended. Like that's amazing. The weather is gorgeous. I love how there's beaches and there's mountains and there's desert and there's just so much different landscape to travel around and to explore and the city Hod Hasharon that my school is in has been so much fun to explore there's so much good food in the city and my friends and I just love walking around going to the grocery store there's a park nearby that you can sit and have a picnic in and it's really nice to be in a city that isn't like a main city like Tel Aviv or Jerusalem that like mm-hmm. a lot of tourists go to because I feel mm-hmm. very much like a local like you kind of know what places your favorite or your order you know your places but if I need this so oh, this is where I need to go to and it just like I feel very assimilated into Hodashron. You think your Hebrew has improved? Ken. <laughs> I think to some extent like I know very few phrases but I at least can hold like a minuscule conversation now. That's good yeah I've it's like when you're when you when you put yourself into a place where you're kind of forced to speak a certain language, you learn it faster. Like you're learning Hebrew faster than if you were to take a Hebrew course in 
America because you're forced to speak it, you know, when you're ordering food or when you're asking for directions or something like that. Right. And it's really nice because a lot of people do speak English, like especially younger generations, they all speak English mm-hmm. because they're learning in school. But there's a ton of restaurants in Hodashron that are like older generational. I mean, older generations are the older generations are running the restaurants and they just mm-hmm. don't know English. So those are honestly the most fun places to order food at because it's like a struggle. And like, it's really fun when you figure it out. My friends yeah. and I were sitting in a restaurant like last week ordering waffles and pancakes and it maybe took us 20 minutes to figure out with the waiter if we were getting waffles or pancakes because he didn't know the difference like what we were saying he just knew what uh, he served he knew what he served was waffle and pancakes but he didn't know yeah. which waffle and which one is pancake and then to add on to it we were like giving him allergy lists and like stuff like that uh, so it was just like really funny we were handing him our phone trying to figure out the translation and then in the end the food was amazing and we were so happy mm-hmm. and it was just like funny he was like laughing at us and then yesterday I was in the store with my friend and he was like oh can I get a bag with that but he spoke in Hebrew because he's like been learning Hebrew so he spoke like can I get a bag with that but the but the employee was like you want a backpack because like the word is backpack, but he didn't know that he was saying uh-huh. backpack. So they were like kind of going back and forth. Like, why do you need a backpack? Like, cause he just, uh, that's funny. Bag. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It made sense, but it was funny. Um, that's funny. Yeah. And he now, now he probably knows the word for backpack because of that learning experience. Exactly. So yes, to bring it back, this is what I imagine Israel to be like, because I've heard such good things, but it's even better than that too. Exceeded your expectations. For sure. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to this episode. We had so much fun filming it. And we encourage you all to read Lucy's blog post on jewishbostonteens.com. You can email us at lowkeyconvos at jtiboston.org to tell us whether you like this episode. And you can let us know what other ideas you have. We're so open to suggestions. And there's going to be so much great content to come in the next few months. So we thank you all again and hope you're all staying safe and healthy and are having an amazing start to your summer.